Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Five Wives Vodka, Podcasting is Easy, and HostGator. We're going to be telling you more about them throughout this episode. And on that note, let's welcome everybody out today to episode 376 of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. I know there might be one or two of you. This is your first time listening to us. You're asking yourself right now, what am I about to listen to? What is this podcast all about? Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people right here in Salt Lake City. We talk to musicians, we talk to authors, business owners, restaurant owners, distilleries, breweries, tattoo artists. I think you get the idea. We're talking with anyone that might have a cool story to share. My name is Chris and I am here with my awesome, I feel like I need to say something better than awesome, spectacular co-host Chrissy. I'll take, I'll take all of it. Spectacular. You are a spectacular (laughs) Spectacular. person. (laughs) Well, today on the podcast, we actually got to sit down and chat with local Salt Lake City Zen monk, Rodrigo Martinez. Rodrigo shared his story with us on what led him to become a Zen monk, what it's like being a Zen monk here in Salt Lake City, and information on the Zen Center here in Salt Lake. We talked meditation tips and so much more. We're going to get into that conversation here in a moment. Hey, we're recording today right in beautiful downtown Salt Lake City in our podcast studio, which is located right in the back of Empire Merchandise. Empire Merchandise is located at 680 South State Street. Now, not only does Empire have an amazing selection of all your vape juice needs and vape accessories, but this is where you can come and purchase your very own I Am Salt Lake podcast t-shirt. With summer right around the corner, I am expecting to see a lot of these t-shirts out and about in Salt Lake City. So make sure you stop on in and pick yours up. And we also want to remind you to go join our Facebook group if you haven't yet. We have an amazing community of listeners and we would love for you to be a part of it. You can find it by searching for I Am Salt Lake Community inside of Facebook, or you can just type in IamSaltLake.com forward slash group, and it will forward you right to the Facebook group. Hey, before we get into that conversation with Rodrigo, I want to tell you about one of our awesome partners, HostGator. Listen up. Every business needs a website. I know there's a lot of you out there. You're just playing the social media game. You think if you're on Facebook then you're doing great, which which you are. But what if Facebook disappears tomorrow? What if Facebook goes down tomorrow? It's done it, guys. I've seen it happen firsthand. This is why you need your own piece of real estate on the internet, so to speak. You need your own webpage. HostGator.com is the place you need to go to to get your website. We've been hosting I Am Salt Lake on HostGator servers for seven years now. They are awesome. Customer service is awesome. Go to HostGator.com, use the promo code PODCAST. This is going to get you 30% off. You'll be supporting the podcast, and you'll have an amazing website to boot. Okay, here's that conversation with Rodrigo Martinez when he came and sat down with us to share his story. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. Are you from Salt... Where are you? I'm from Mexico City. You're from Mexico City. Yeah. What brought you... 
to Salt Lake City then if you want to and we're going here. I mean we're, it's like just to be truthful I came for to do rehab. Okay. And I was thinking to come for like a couple of months and then I just thought well maybe I'm just going to try to find a job. I've been doing meditation for a while before coming here. It was funny because I started doing mindfulness when I was 21. I got super depressed when I was 26, interestingly enough. And then after that, I started doing a lot of marijuana and a lot of alcohol. And then I got to a point where I was like, I just need to stop. And my mom was really nice. And she actually paid me to come to rehab to Salt Lake City. From Mexico. From Mexico City. Wow. And then I came and I was going to be just two months. And then I decided, well, maybe I'm going to try to find a job, you know? Because I love Salt Lake City. And it was your first time here. It was the first time here. What yeah. was your initial thought when you came here? Like when you, when you, you flew here, I yeah, would imagine. I so here, when you yeah. flew into Salt Lake City. I was kind of stressed out about coming to the rehab thing. But then like, I like, it was really open, the mountains and just people was really nice. You know, like the people that I started meeting, they were really friendly. But there's like a sense of community in my experience in Salt Lake City like a very, very big sense of community. So I just started feeling that from the start. And then I was just like, okay, I'm going to do this program. I'm going to go back home. And I just like, well, maybe I'm going to try to find a job, you know? Here in Salt Lake. Now, here in Salt Lake City. You said this was three years ago? Three years ago. Wow. Yeah. So you've been here for a minute. Yeah. Do you care to share what rehab you went to or is that kind yeah, of? Yeah, no, I, I went to Ascend Recovery. Say the name. It's again? called Ascent. Ascent. Oh, yeah. oh, Ascent. Ascent. Yeah. Recovery. They have a they have a the facility in um, American Fork. Okay. And I was there first, and then I did a sober living here in Salt Lake City. Was that a good experience for you? It was a good experience. It was it's intense, you know, but it was really really good, you know. Like um, I've already had been doing mindfulness and psychotherapy before, but. I don't know. It's just like refreshing the way they, like it was, it felt really, it felt professional in my experience. Yeah. And I met really, really good people, you know, like my therapist right now is such a good friend of mine. So at what point did you get involved in the whole uh, Zen monk or well, as a monk? I, was I, it from rehab? No, no, no. Well, before, like I'm, I'm 33 and when I came here, I was 30 and I started meditating when I was 21. So I, I had been practicing for a while. You know, it was interesting because like I had an existential crisis after I started meditating for four years. So I kind of like got into this point where like, what am I doing this? What's my life about? I was first like really excited about being successful with mindfulness. And then I got to a point where I was like, what is this all about? Like, what's life all about? Like, what am I doing here? Like, just felt like a lot of meaninglessness at that point. I started doing a lot of marijuana, a lot of alcohol, and then I decided I'm going to do rehab. But I've been practicing before and I had already thought about becoming a monk. What was it about being a monk just, that you, you wanted know, like, to be? I mean, because I envision a monk as like, even just being quiet all the time, you can't, you can't even talk, right? Like, and you have to wear one, or is that like a Tibetan monk, right? <laughs> well, that's also Zen monks. You can have silent retreats and you can, yeah, it depends the setting. You can depend the setting you practice, but I don't know, you know, like I started doing, I got into mindfulness because I did a coaching workshop and then like a, a teacher of mine told me about, I had like a big experience, like a unit experience, I call it in the, in the contemplative traditions. And it, a coach of mine told me, you know, you've had a meditation experience. It's a Zen experience. And 
What was the experience? What Just like a sense of interconnectedness, like a body-mind drops, they call it in the Zen tradition, like literally you just like lose sense of self and you're basically one with the cosmos, one with the universe, like an experience of oneness. And that was from meditating? That was from meditating. Well, that wasn't from meditating. It's a meditation experience, but I had it through coaching. I was doing coaching and I was doing an exercise where I started crying a lot. I cried for like 30 minutes nonstop. And after that, I felt so quiet for the first time in my life. And that's where the oneness experience kicked in. And then I told my teacher, my coaching teacher, and he was like, you just had a meditation experience. This is kind of like what meditators spread. And I remember when he told me that, I had a vision of a hermit, like a hermit in the Himalayas. Yeah. And I was like, I would like to be a monk. But that was when I was like 23, 22. And I became a monk like just recently, a year and a half ago. It took me a while to just kind of make the choice of really like just becoming a, I'm becoming a monk. So what was like that? What was that transition like? I mean, how do, you're at the point where you're like, I want to be a monk. How does that happen? When I was in Mexico, I was checking out Tibetan Buddhism more like what I am. I'm, I'm a Zen monk at this point, but I was uh, checking out Tibetan Buddhism, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure about it. You know, it's like, am I going to be a monk? It's like like you were researching. Like I, I grew up in it. a business family, you know, okay. like my family has been like in construction real estate for like two generations, three generations. And so you probably expected you well, I was to do that. I went to business school. Okay. Yeah. I was going to be part of the business and I was thinking about getting married, you know, like a very traditional family, like taking care of the business family, the family business, sorry. And then, um, and then I just had this experience and my life just basically changed. And from there, I started like playing with the idea of becoming a monk. I definitely decided I was going to be a coach back then in that moment. I wanted to be like, I was thinking maybe becoming a therapist or a facilitator or something around human development and helping people to kind of connect with themselves. But like I started like when I decided to like, so like I had a hard time deciding to become a monk. And then I was become I was thinking about becoming a Tibetan Buddhist monk, but I wasn't sure, you know, I was kind of still like kind of dealing with myself like, okay, this is, is this my path? Is this mm-hmm. really my path? You know? Are there different kind of levels, not levels, I don't know. Stages, Groups maybe. of monks that you could, there's like some are this extreme, some are there, extreme, there are, maybe. there are hermit monks that you okay. have monastic monks. You can have lay monks too. Like I'm a lay monk. So like we actually get married, um, have you know, families, have family work. You need to actually like work. So kind of live the traditional lifestyle, but also we live with some vows, like traditional vows, but we're totally in the world. Do you care to share what those vows are or is it kind of personal? No, it's like, I mean, the basic ones, like not killing, not stealing, not like, like good things that everybody should do. Solid, (laughs) solid goals. Don't kill people. (laughs) Okay. I I could get behind the not killing people part. I I feel like we're totally like asking you 20 questions. It's okay. No, it's awesome. It's so fascinating. I know. Well, see, and here's the thing. Here's the thing, Rodrigo, is we're trying to get to know you with our listeners, right? You got to imagine all these people listening right now have no idea what a monk is, a Zen monk here in Salt Lake City. I mean, we've seen Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) I have. But like, I have. It's awesome. I love Kung Fu Panda. It's a good show. Well, you know, so, so, uh, Brad Wheeler introduced us and, you know, we started yapping. I'm like, I got to bring you on the podcast. Right. And so that's, 
Now, can anybody become a monk? Can I become a monk at this age in life or am I too old? Anybody can become a monk. The thing is like you actually have to be committed to meditation practice to becoming a monk. And then that's also something you have to talk with a teacher or like a group, you know, like a, uh, they call it Sangha in Buddhist tradition, which is a community. So you have to actually like check it out with a teacher, talk, and it has to be like somebody that's really at this point realizing that meditation practice mindfulness practice is the central thing in their lives like they're actually become came to a point where they find they found a refuge in the meditation tradition and you actually commit to helping others if they want to meditate you know like really being of service to anybody that's interested in kind of knowing themselves knowing their heart their minds and just kind of trying to guide them a little bit too and that all happens at the Zen Center. In the Zen Center, two arrows Zen. Here in Salt Lake City. Here in Salt Lake City. What, what's the location of that? It's in art space. It's in art space. You know, like, oh, it's, I feel, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know kind of bad that I don't know the, no, 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 the, no. The, the, the address. You can find it's twoarrowzen.org, our webpage, and that's everything there. Um, God, I forgot the address. I'm no, that's fine. I'll, that. I'll, 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 I know where the right? art space is here. I'll try to put the address at IamSaltLake.com with this episode. Cool. Show notes. If... And we'll also, you know, do a little intro, outro, maybe at some point too, I'll get that, I'll have that address mm-hmm. to, to mention in there. It's not that big a deal right now. Okay. I mean, it sounds like a great um, resource too for people. So, so, so we definitely want to get Is this a home. permanent place? Then? It is permanent. Yeah. So we, we okay. have the Zen Center. We have meditations in the mornings and in the afternoons, sorry, in the nights, Monday to Friday. We also have a couple of classes during the week. We also have a class during the weekend. So we have the full-on schedule there in the webpage too, but like the basic is the meditation in the morning at 7 a.m. and then we have the meditation in the night 5.30 from Monday to Friday. And anybody can come and do this. Anybody these. can go and it's like, you can just try it out for free, you know? Of course, if somebody starts going, we do ask for donation and if they want to become a member, we love it, you know? But you don't have to pay to begin with. I love that you guys have those times too because we're all adults, we all have to work, right? That's exactly And it's so right. nice to be able to have the opportunity to go before or after work because usually things like that would be during the middle of the day. Exactly. We actually, because both our teachers, like one of them, it's a lawyer. He has a firm and the other one, it's a coach. So they both have their companies outside the Zendo. So yeah, they have like basically work schedule like anybody else, like nine to five kind of thing. How long is a class? Like about an hour? The meditation, it's 35 minutes, the first period from 7 to 7.35 or 5.30 to 6.05. And then we have a little break in between like 10 minutes. And then we do a second period, a 30-minute second period. If some, I mean, if you don't want to stay the whole time, you can, I guess. Yeah, or, you can sit just for one period. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people do that. And is there a difference between the first and the second one or it's just an extra 30 minutes, really? It's just the same. It's basically the same, yeah. I want to get into this. I, I mean, might as well get into it right now since we're talking meditation. Uh, when, when you and I met, I mentioned how I, that was kind of one of my New Year's resolutions. I yeah. know, I know we all, most of us hate New Year's resolutions, right? They're kind of hokey. <laughs> I like to kind of start thinking about it about October, November. So it's a few months ago, I started thinking, I'm like, I need to get into meditation. Yeah. I'm a highly, highly anxious person. Yeah. And I think it could help calm me down. Yeah. And so I tried all the headspace calm and I, I just didn't like it. Plus yeah. a lot of them charge a lot of money. They for do it. charge a little bit. And yeah. so I wasn't even sure. I was like, well, maybe, maybe I won't even like meditation. Right. Mm-hmm. So I found a podcast. I can't even remember the name of it, Yeah. but they do about 10 to 12 minute meditations. Yeah. 
I put some headphones on and I make sure that I have to lay down on the floor. Mm-hmm. I can't. Okay. Tell me if this means I have a problem here, Rodrigo. I have to cover my eyes because I can't like, even right now I have a hard time just shutting my eyes. Yeah. Does that just mean I'm like a highly anxious person? Is that like, <laughs> I think a, you have a big problem. No, 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 no. I think, I think <laughs> I could it's actually I'm an teasing. intervention. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm teasing you. I really no, think no. I could benefit from doing. I'm, I'm super action, man. I, I'm a super anxious human being. I'm, I'm not kidding you. Like I'm super anxious. I was telling you before the program, like I am figuring, I'm trying to figure out a little bit how to make extra money because I have to pay extra things this year. I, I've been having an anxious weekend. So you get nervous yeah, and, and, and you find meditation helps pull you down. Coming back to the present moment, coming back to my heart, coming back to center. Like if you, if you, like if you feel it right now, there's a place inside of ourselves that's always quiet. It's always relaxed. And most people can't find that place, right? It's a little hard because of the day to day. We're so like, kind of like going with the day to day things. We have to figure out our, like, like our kids and paying and, you know, paying like for the rent, paying for the phone, the car and all those things. But like, it's actually something that we always have access to inside of ourselves. We just have to kind of make a, go ahead. We have to make it a priority. A priority. Like, like, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, we feel like we have to suppress any kind of, calmness or happiness because so much is going on that we have to be in crisis mode exactly. all the time, exactly. especially in today's society. It is a habit in society to be in crisis mode all the time. It's mm-hmm. actually, it's sort of rewarded in some ways. Yeah. Like it's actually thought about, it's a good thing mm-hmm. in some ways, you know, if not like, what are you doing? Are you like just kind of there without doing anything? Like, you know, like even like if you're not worried, people are like, why are you so calm? You know, like, yeah, it's like you're obviously not doing enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So how many people come out for these meditation sessions? We have 28 sits open and it depends the day, you know, I think in the mor- the mornings are a little bit more full because the afternoons, we just opened them like a year and a half ago. Um, so I would say like 20 people in the morning and in the afternoon, we have like 10 average. Describe the process, right? Because like even myself, mm-hmm. I feel like I would even be nervous to come for some reason, right? Just because yeah. I, I don't know what to expect. I don't know yeah. how, I mean, is it pretty easy to just show up and you just grab show a spot? Up. Or yeah, what? you show up. You just like, people is really, really friendly. Okay. You know, honestly, like you just get there. If you don't, if you don't know how to meditate, you just like any, like there's always a monk there, a couple of monks that they can just give you the basic cues about how to do it. And it's pretty simple. Basically, the first thing you have to do is just focus on your breath. And what we do is like you, well, to start with, you sit in a cushion and then you just scan a little bit your body. You feel first your like lower part of your body, then your chest, then go up. Like in a very fast fashion, relax, scanning your body. And then after that, you just try to focus on your breath in a very relaxed fashion. And then if you start seeing yourself going with thoughts or emotions, you just gently come back to the breath. And that's pretty much it. It's a lot like yoga. It's kind of like yoga. Yeah, I the mean, I mean, kind of, yoga, of the 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 way that it works. The basis of like yoga. yoga, it's exactly the breathing part too, for sure. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it's. It's actually the Buddha was a yogi and a meditator, so it's actually part of the. I also do you. I also do yoga. Yoga is another one it's of those things practice. that I need to do as well for flexibility, really, right? Because isn't that supposed to help you? Th- become more and, and I think yoga really helps with mindfulness. It helps like, with mindfulness a too. A lot because you can't focus on anything else. You have to focus on being there in the moment, not collapsing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yoga is tough. Let's actually take a break here really fast. We have to play a couple messages from our sponsors, but I want to dive deep let's here. Let's keep going. Man. So, yeah, let's so keep hang going. tight. We'll be right back. 
All right, it's that time of the podcast where we take just a couple of minutes, tell you about a couple of our awesome sponsors. Now, remember, when you support our sponsors, you are supporting this podcast, so support our sponsors whenever possible. Hey, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by the very delicious, in the very local, Five Wives Vodka. The next time you head on over to the state liquor store, pick up a bottle of Five Wives Vodka. Actually, this month, the month of April, the liter bottles are $3 off. So make sure to pick up a couple of bottles and and you'll save some extra money. So when you head on over to your local bar, you got that money to uh, ask for Five Wives Vodka by name. Hey, they have three different flavors that Chrissy and I are going to tell you about. They have the original. This is the one that's made from Utah Mountain Spring Water. It's 100% distilled corn spirit and it's gluten-free. The spring is hidden in beautiful Ogden Canyon, so they're having to hike this water out five gallons at a time because it's inaccessible by any vehicle. And I've really been enjoying Five Wives Sinful lately. Sinful is a delicious cinnamon-flavored vodka. Unlike other cinnamon products that give you that cinnamon candy taste, Sinful is like a morning cinnamon roll with only 76 calories per ounce. They also have the Five Wives Heavenly. This is another one of their flavored vodkas, but unlike Sinful, this one has a delicious vanilla taste. Heavenly's rich, buttery vanilla flavor it comes through without coating your taste buds with sugar, and this results in more vanilla and less calories. Go visit their website, fivewivesvodka.com. This is where you can get some recipes, you can get some ideas, you can find out a little bit more about the product. But if you're like me, ditch the website and just go down to the state liquor store, pick up two bottles, one for you, one for your buddy, And of course, many thanks to Five Wives Vodka for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. All right, this episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Podcasting is Easy, which you can find at podcastingiseasy.com. Full disclosure, this is actually Chrissy's and my company, where we help people with all aspects of podcasting. Maybe you just have an idea and you're like, I want to take this idea and launch a podcast. This is where I come in and I I help out with all aspects of that. I can even help out with the podcast editing, podcast marketing. And I'm here to help out if you need podcast artwork. We all know you only get one first impression with your podcast, and the artwork is a very important part. I also specialize in helping you create a podcast-specific website. So if you haven't had a website yet, reach out. Head on over to Podcasting is Easy. Click up in the right-hand corner where you can schedule a 15-minute phone call with you where we can chat and find out if we're a good fit for helping you get your podcast going. And many thanks to Podcasting is Easy for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's get back into that conversation with Rodrigo Martinez. Thank you. The Zen Center. Yeah. Is it open all the time during the week or just during these meditation sessions? It's open during the meditation sessions. It's open also on Sundays for, we have a mindfulness class at 10. It's actually kind of like the the first entrance for people if they're interested in checking it out. Um, it's a mindfulness class at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. for yeah. like what, an hour, two hours? An hour and 15 minutes. We do like an introduction to mindfulness. I'm actually going to be leading in this time because our teachers are going to be doing like a workshop out of town and I'm going to be leading with another monk this Sunday. And basically we sort of do a little introduction about what mindfulness is. We ask just people while they're here. Then we share a little bit of our experience with meditation. Why do we do meditation? What's like brought to our lives? Why are we? Why did we become monks? And then we take people into a little meditation, like 20 minutes meditation. And then after that, we just 
ask people questions, how they felt about it, if they have any questions or if they need any support. So it's not really like you don't have to necessarily even be a religious person. Oh, no. To come to these. I would say we're more like a spiritual tradition, not so much a religious tradition. It's more like experiential. It's not about dogma Okay. for us. It's more like experiencing your heart and experiencing a stillness and a sort of a quiet space inside of ourselves through meditation and through breathing. Being here in Utah, yeah. obviously there's a religion that dominates the state, yeah. right? Without getting into... Do you receive much pushback from that? Like, like, is there a lot of problems that you run into here in, in Salt Lake City or not really? Or do not, you find yourself explaining to people that you're not like, you know, working against religion or something? No, you know, there's a lot of people that, that come from a Christian background and um, they're just kind of curious about sure. like trying to figure out a, a lot of them, like they kind of like fell out a little bit with the Christian tradition and um they're kind of like trying to find a way to keep practicing and cultivating peace without the dogmatic traditional side of the street. So it's just more like seekers, you know, and it, and we also have a, a, like people that it's not just from the Christian tradition, but from other traditions that they're kind of trying to find a way to deal with their minds and their hearts, basically. How many Zen monks are there probably here in Salt Lake City, approximately? You know, in the Zen Center, we have one, two, three, like seven. Okay. Monks. So yeah. just, a, just a few. Yeah. And I think there are like another, there are other Zen monks that I can recall right now. I can recall like 10, 12, 12 monks here. Okay, question. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Can women become monks? Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, totally. Really? Okay. See, and you, Do they you have never, to shave their head? Never though? see them. Yeah, they shave their heads, but they can grow their hair after that. So just for the ceremony. Just the initial. Exactly. There's a ceremony for becoming a monk, and then you have to shave your head. and Why? But then you can grow it. Well, it's kind of, it means you're renouncing. It's like a renunciation thing. Like part of the Buddhist tradition talks about renunciation sort of... um, pleasures they call it which is really debatable what does that mean you know in, right. in the 21st century like, uh, earthly things exactly like beautiful hair sort of kinda, yeah you know yeah okay which i kind of like that's the thing i mean like i have to say that i don't, I don't agree with everything but you know it's part of the tradition so we cannot do it but they you can just run with it yeah they can and, and and they can grow they can grow it after that okay yeah cool yeah interesting like i could have i could have her but I could I you like, grow a big beard like me? I, I mean, not have, necessarily like if maybe some guys can't grow beards, but it's okay to have a beard. Yeah, as a we mom. can have beards. Yeah, interesting. For sure. Inter- I just find it so interesting. Now let's back up a little bit to meditation, just because yeah. I'm I'm really interested in meditation yeah. here. Let's say one of our listeners, yeah, they can't come to the Zen monk or the the Zen center, right, yeah. to do any meditation. Yeah, where would you recommend they start? Like, how would they? Where's a good place to start? Because like when I started kind of looking into it, I went on Facebook mm-hmm. and I asked all them and everybody's got their little opinion. Mm-hmm. And Facebook's like the opposite of meditation. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so. That's exactly right. What would you recommend? Somebody, you know, a book or. Before reading, you know, if you just sit or lay down and follow your breath for one minute. Okay. Two minutes. And if your mind wanders, just come back to the breath. In a gentle fashion. It's not an aggressive process at all. Just come back to your breath. You lose track of the breath. You come back to the breath. You just do that 
one minute, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, every day. The best thing to do is do it every day. Little time every day. It's better. I've tried to like meditate. I get up five or 6 a.m. in the morning mm-hmm. and I've tried at that time. I fall right asleep. <laughs> so I, I realize I can't do it in the morning. It's also important finding a moment. It depends. In, in, there's people that they love doing in the morning. I know people that love doing it in the, at the end of the day. I know that people are liking, you told me you like in the in. Like well, in the middle of the day, that's sort of. where I found it to be beneficial yeah. for me. So it's important to just figure out where it's beneficial for anybody that's going to practice because we are, we are all pretty different in that sense, you know? And you say, so every day, 10 minutes, I mean, 10 minutes could even be long enough. 10 minutes. I, I'm telling you one minute, if one to, minute. to start. Really? Man, Two okay. minutes to start. Okay. I'm and gonna... people start feeling a difference and then trying to build up. But if you start with one or two minutes, I know people that meditate two minutes. And a, and a complete life changer. It's, I don't, I mean, like they don't say that it's a life changer, <laughs> but it starts being like, they, they can feel it like after a couple of weeks or three weeks, they feel a difference. It seems like even taking a minute or two minutes to yourself to refocus and look inward. Exactly. Every day. It's exactly. kind of like the equivalent of like positive self-talk even. Just exactly. do a little bit and it really helps baby step you into a better place exactly the idea is to build up but it's totally true what you're saying it's exactly like that like just it's a kind attitude in that sense to oneself you know it's not just it's not just like following your bread as you're saying it's like you're giving a space for yourself Mm -hmm. you're giving time for yourself for self-love exactly which is super important and i think we all need to learn that because i think americans are terrible at that you know, it's funny you say that the Dalai Lama, when he came to the West, mm-hmm. um, he was impressed because he never, like, he didn't have, like, in his mind, like, self-love in, in Tibet. It's not something that you're taught. Like, it's kind of basically sort of in the culture. Okay. And when he came to the West, he was kind of impressed that it was something that in the West is not practiced naturally, like, people loving themselves. You know, we do things for ourselves, but he has to do more because... We were told to do, you know, if I don't have this job, people are going to think that I'm not good enough. I don't, you know, like if I'm not like successful in this people, but like really doing things because we love ourselves is not common, as you say. And it's a good thing to do. And I I think we need a cultural shift that way. It's okay to love yourself, do things for yourself. Mm -hmm. Meditation is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. And then also that kind of inspires you to do Good things for others as well. You know, if you're yeah. able to do that to yourself, it's easier to do it to others. Oh, man. If you can learn to really love yourself and, and do things for yourself, it seems like it would only bleed into everything that you do. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. What's the longest you've ever meditated? You know, I was in a retreat for eight months in a monastery. What was that like? I mean, so you like a meditation session of those would be they ten were like hours 10 a hours a day kind For of real? thing yeah was that really hard to sit that long it was really hard it was the most ecstatic experience of my life and the most horrible experience of my life like as i say you can't meet heaven if you don't meet hell you know and that's mm-hmm. kind of like what happens when you're in those type of retreats like you have to push through the pain you push through the pain you push through the happy it's like you just like sit with whatever comes up and then on the other side it's you kind of see that like your heart with capital h what's so hard about it like why was it so difficult the discipline is hard the because there's a lot of silence is that what it is also a lot of silence a lot of silence um a very structured routine 
and you're basically not having that much contact. You don't have ways to distract yourself. You don't have to no iPhones, no, no iPhone, <laughs> no TV, no movies. You know, you don't. It's a very contemplative space, so you can't not see all of yourself. And where was this place? Where in the in the, Nepal? Nepal. Yeah. Do you have to sit in the same position for that entire time? Well, you sit of it's like forty five minute periods. Okay. Yeah, okay. you don't sit the whole ten hours without moving. Okay. Yeah, it's like forty five fifty minutes, and then you have three or four periods, like no, like three periods. I don't remember exactly the schedule, but like you do have breakfast, then you sit for like three periods, then you have another food period, then you have um some rest, then you have another three hours. So it's kind of like you do have little time for yourself, a little time to eat and yeah stretch your legs relax a little bit okay (laughs) and is the reason you went is because you were becoming a monk no no, that was before becoming i just wanted to get enlightened i was so curious like what does enlightened means and i thought like i'm just gonna go where like you know where's the real kind of like the real thing the interesting part is that you realize that you don't have to go anywhere it's actually inside of yourself have you guys seen the study that monks, like Buddhist monks who meditate, actually they've tested their brain mm-hmm. scans mm-hmm. and their kind of like ecstasy levels or like happiness level is above anything that any normal person has ever reached? Yeah. It's a very fascinating study. It is interesting that you actually, yeah, you get access to states through meditation of profound relaxation and profound bliss. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you're still like having to deal with everyday life, you know? Right, for sure. But it does brings like a sense of home and a sense of refuge, for sure. I definitely think it's a sense of refuge, at least for me, you know, in my experience. So back back to that monastery really yeah. quick, because I'm curious, what's the name of Like, how can can, can listeners get in, go there? Yeah. I mean, what, how do they find out about this place? It's Copan Monastery, K-O-P-A-N Monastery. It was a Tibetan monastery. Back then I was doing Tibetan Buddhism. Okay. And they have a webpage just like that, copanmonastery.com. And okay. um, you can go and you just have to kind of like talk with them, kind of like the coordinator there and tell them why you're wanting to go. There's a little bit of a checkup of why you want to go, but it's pretty... Pretty cheap and like anybody that's interested can go, you know. And that was a life changer for you. That was a life changer for sure. It wasn't before and after. It was also kind of hard because like, you know, as Westerners, we're so, we grew up um, being so sort of, how do you say it? Connected with our individuality. And one of the problems there is like the individual is kind of like totally out of the question in a monastery. So on that side, like I hadn't, I, I, I needed sort of like a therapist or something because of the experiences that I having. And there was like a therapist that I could talk about my emotions with. So the monks, they don't talk that much about it, about, about, about your personality, your individual experience, how you're feeling, what are you feeling? Is there a trauma experience coming up? Like, well, how do I integrate that? You know, so it was kind of like a little bit of a backfire in some way. I had to. How did you cope with that? It, you know, I was reading psychotherapeutic books, but I was basically coping as I could, you know. It was kind of yeah. wild in that kinda sense. Kind of like there's honestly. only so many options, right? Yeah. You're there, you're doing this. I was working out to a lot. I mm-hmm. was trying to work out a lot. I was basically, I think I cope a lot with it. I cope a lot through working out and also through the meditation practices, using them, coming back to the present moment connecting with my heart, being compassionate, being open. It's really, it, it, you know, like when you start getting into self-development, like 
there's always a beginning process, promise and it's like that that it's going to be really nice and it's going to feel really good but then it's also like a it has its hardships you know like knowing oneself it, it also it's very rewarding but it's also it's a little hard it's uncomfortable it's right? uncomfortable. like it's very uncomfortable when you decide you want to improve in some way mm-hmm. and the whole point of improving is getting out of your comfort zone and mm-hmm. realizing your faults and trying to continue to do better mm-hmm. and so it's it's a very uncomfortable experience it is an uncomfortable experience because you're seeing the way your unconscious and the impact that has in your life and in others mm-hmm. and kind of it's seeing it is not always nice you know like the way you're like making mistakes it's probably hard to not get self-defeated while you have to you it. you know you do get sometimes mm-hmm. i do get i do have the experience i get sometimes like that you also have to be humorous about it in some way like lied about it you know it's like just the human condition it's kind of ironic you know mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to keep like that relaxation even though it's it's definitely part of the practice to just like not take ourselves so seriously let's talk about your mindfulness coaching oh yeah that let's you're do doing that. awesome what exactly is that? Is that something that people can hire you, I yeah. guess, for? Or what? What is a mindfulness coach, even? You know, the idea as a mindfulness coach is to support people. Like, what happens is, like, if you become mindful of your emotions, if you become mindful of your thoughts, if you become mindful of your feelings, of your sensations, when they're coming up, you can be aware of them. And when you're aware of them, there's a little gap. Like, there's literally a gap. And that brings opportunity for choice. So what tends to happen is like with our emotions and our thoughts and our sensations, we just react to them. And we react also not just to our sensations, but the everything that we like perceive outside of ourselves. And we're like just reacting basically in a habituated way. And when we do mindfulness coaching, people can open a gap in their experience where they can actually see something that's coming up in their experience or relate to something that's coming up from the environment and choose to engage it in a more proactive way instead of a reactive way. And is this something you'd like to do in person? I mean, I guess people could even do it via like Skype. We do it on Sk- I do, I've worked with people online on Skype and I can work with people too one-on-one in person. Yeah. And then how could people get in touch with you there? I guess through your website would be the best place. It can place. be the website or they can, uh, so it can be through the website or, and then in contact, they can find, like, I haven't finished the website, but there in con- in my contact, there's my phone number and my email. And what is your website address? What it's you- it's Ro- Rodri- Rodrigo Martinez Diaz. Okay. Dot com. And I'll have that at IamSaltLake.com. The link for that as well, if somebody can't, yeah. ri- if they can't write it down right now, maybe you're driving in a car uh, with this episode, I'll put all that contact information to get in touch with you. That would be you. awesome. Now, are you also like a big reader? Do you like to read a lot of books? I used to read more before, but I do like reading. Like I can, like a recommendation kind of thing. Well, I was just curious if you have any good book recommendations that can help with mindfulness or Or meditation or a book that changed your life. Yeah. You know, I'm reading this book called Search Inside Yourself. It's a mindfulness book. It was written by an engineer in Google. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's a really popular book. It's a guy that was in an engineer, a software engineer in Google. And then he kind of got into emotional intelligence and mindfulness. And he did this course inside of Google called Search Inside Yourself. And it's such a easy approach to mindfulness, you know? Like I would totally recommend that book. Like I'm reading it and it's just such an easy 
easy book, book to, read, to read understand and it has exercises it has like long exercises if you want to get deeper or it also has like little exercises if you want to do them you know so it's pretty good so my teacher's book it's also really good it's called everything is workable and it's uh her name is diane hamilton and um she also has another book that is really really good it's called the scent of you and me and you said this is your teacher? Yeah, she's my teacher. Teacher. Here. Like how? a meditation teacher. And she's here in Salt Lake. She's in Salt Lake, yeah. She she goes to the Sand Center all the time. And what what was her name? Diane Hamilton. I was going to say, I should look her up too. Maybe bring her on the show. Yeah. I, I can, like the title, Everything is Workable. It is. That sells me on her. Because <laughs> it has to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does. In some way, everything is workable. There's mm-hmm. a, that, that phrase is from another Tibetan teacher that she actually studied with. And he said, he talks about with meditation, you actually get to a point where like, I mean, of course, not everything can be in the way you want to be, but there's always a little space to work with everything that's happening in your life. There's always, you can find a little way to work with it. And and it actually brings a sense of relaxation to be able to do that, you know? Yeah. Like not feeling like hopeless with anything that's happening. Things aren't happening to you. Mm-hmm. Things are happening in your life and you can, you can choose. decide what to do with it. Exactly. Yeah. You can, I mean, it's not that you can always change it in the way you want, but like you have a, a gap and it'll, you have a, like a part in yourself that it's always so quiet, so relaxed, so open that it's like if you connect with that, like everything becomes, where it becomes way more workable, literally. Yeah. yeah. What does your family back in Mexico think of all this? Are they pretty supportive? They are really supportive. I mean, I couldn't be doing it without them, honestly. Like, they've been so supportive. You know, they never, you know, they they never, they never said no to me about, like, wanting to just, like, listen to myself and do what I wanted to do, you know? They've always, like, supported it all the way. I, I wouldn't be able to be doing this if it wasn't for them. That's good to hear. You know, a lot of times, especially when people take different routes yeah. like this in life, their family it happens. pushes them away and it almost disowns them because they're like, you're not going our route. Mm-hmm. You're it's not happens. doing our way. It's not been my experience. You know, I mean, of course there was like a, a shock, you know, like, okay, like he's going to do something different and change is always something you have to sort of integrate. Yeah. Like our first relationship to change is not the best. Like we, I mean, we do open to change, but it's like, it's a little scary. But like they were totally fine. Yeah. That's so cool. I got a couple of uh, Salt Lake City related questions yeah. that we like to ask on the show here. Uh, Rodrigo, is, mm-hmm. uh, you've been living in Salt Lake for you three, three years. years, three years. So yeah. you've been here for a minute and I'm sure you've had people come and visit you here, right? Yeah. Where do you like to take them? What do you like to do with them when they come to town? I mean, I guess take them to the Zen Center, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but is there like another area of town or buildings or even up into the mountains or what is the... My ru- mom loves Park City. She's okay. actually she's actually coming tomorrow. Really? And, yeah. She loves Park City. I always like to take her to this rye called rye. Oh, the, rye the, restaurant. the restaurant. Yeah. Down, down. Oh, uh, it's yes. like about, what is that? 500, 500 East, I think. Yeah. Also Aces is like next, like really close there. She also likes going to the grand hotel and, you know, like going to the buffet and she likes going to Shure house park. My brothers liked going to, like I took them to this, uh, what's like Broadway and there's copper commons and then the bar. Bar X or bar, the, yeah, so, bar X, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Beer like, bar. Kind of going to have a beer. Um, do you, how many brothers do you have? I have three brothers. 
Three brothers, and none of them are monks, huh? No, they were monks. They do meditation, and like one of them is a consultant, the other one is a facilitator. They're, so they are kind of like into meditation too, but they're they're not like monk. they took like a different route for meditation. Uh, they, I, they have like they each are doing like their own thing, you know. What would you change about Salt Lake City, or would you change anything about it? I honestly don't don't think you would change I, anything. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel a particular thing. That I would say I would like it to change. I've heard that the public transport is not that good. It, it isn't. It, well, it isn't. It, it isn't. So it's hard to complain about it because you can get from Provo to Ogden. Yeah. There's limitations. Yeah, there's a lot sure. of limitations. And I yeah. think they could definitely do a better job with it. Mm. And I see them slowly getting there. I think I definitely uh, bad air days. It should you know, be that's free. something that it's kind of like, it is a little scary, but I'm from Mexico City. And Mexico City is crazy. Though. Is it pretty bad? How, how many people are in Mexico City? You like, know, what's I, the population? I, I think there's like 20 million or something like that. Wow. But the amount of land, it's just tiny. Yeah. Do you ever it's see yourself going back smaller than this there? valley. Do you see yourself going back to Mexico City at all? <sighs> I don't know. You don't know? I don't think so. If we ever, if Chrissy and I ever go to Mexico, we're going to take you with us, Rodrigo. Cool. That way you can give us, the, I would love to go to Mexico City. We I can go too. and do a tour. Yeah. My mom has an Airbnb, so we, you guys can <laughs> I stay mean, there. I've heard stories. There you so go. I mean, we're set <laughs> up. Perfect. My little brother served his LDS mission in Mexico City. Oh, really? And yeah. he has a lot of stories. <laughs> he was robbed and he actually chased down the people who robbed him and took his stuff back. <laughs> Like he kind of he didn't really realize that you know it's a it's a wild city. It depends. You like know, it, be it, a little you have to be a little careful where you go in Mexico right. City. Yeah, but there's it's getting really kind of trendy. There's like this neighborhoods that are really really it's kind of gentrifying fashion, kind of like getting like fancy and huh. you know like like if you saw the movie Roma. No, I should. It's a Netflix. You can watch it. It's it's called Roma. R O M A. Okay. It's a name. Actually, my mom lives and my brothers live in that neighborhood. It's a movie that's like it's in nineteen seventy. Like you know where it happens. The movie and um, it talks about like it's about race and it's also about like like in Mexico it's pretty used that people have in the living in their houses people that help them with cleaning. You know the house. Mm-hmm making the food so it talks also about like this kind of injustice around power and around money okay but it's such a good movie it actually won an oscar i think for best foreign movie oh wow yeah is you it pretty accurate it. it's really yeah it is pretty accurate you, you said that's on netflix and netflix yeah. i thought check that out we're always looking for something new to watch we on are netflix. and this is also totally random but if we ever go to mexico city i'm really excited to try the street corn Oh, you have to. Is like, that good down there? Oh I've had God, people try to make it for me up here. It's and delicious. it's got to be better down There's there. Like, I've also tried some tacos here. It's not the same. I can yeah. take you to the best places for tacos and the best places for street corn. Oh, I would go I there just I can just like, think about exactly where to go right now. Is it more expensive to live there or here? Is it pretty comparable? It's uh, it's pretty comparable, really? actually. Yeah, it's funny because Mexico City is like the most important city in Mexico. And it's like... Like I've heard that Salt Lake City is pretty cheap compared to other places. It's getting more expensive. It's getting more expensive. It, it really yeah. is housing. I was actually just listening to a podcast uh, Radio West uh, did on affordable housing here in Salt Lake City area, and they're just talking about how rents going out of control. It is going well. It's housing growing. Is, it's, it's, it's getting. I've out of been control. three years, and I'm impressed how it's grown. Yeah, and it's just crazy that needs yeah. to be done here. We need growth here. We, we do, but we also need the wages to match increase that. with the lifestyle costs. Yeah. That's the that's Well, they the were saying problem. one in seven 
jobs here are tech jobs. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that seems like that could be a higher paying For job. Sure. Yeah. But also, well, not everybody works in we, tech jobs. Exactly. Though. The people who don't but work in tech jobs yeah. still need affordable options. Well, and that's what they're, yeah. It's always yeah. a problem with economic thing. I mean, like the, um, yeah. Yeah. No, we could go. It's a whole thing. We could go down. We could go down a, 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 a rabbit hole. Down a rabbit hole. Now, okay. As we kind of wind this episode yeah. up, I mean, we could definitely dig a lot deeper with talking about monks and the Zen Monk Center and the whole nine yards, probably. But is there anything that we didn't talk about, Rodrigo, that you were hoping we would talk about? I think we kind of skimmed the surface mm-hmm. on a lot of things. Did I even ask? Here's a fun question. Yeah. When people here in Salt Lake City. Find out you're a Zen monk. Yeah. What What is their common reaction? Did I? I don't think I asked that one. No, you didn't. didn't, And that's a good question. You know, like people. I mean, I think people get a little kind of, um, you know, like oh my god, like you can feel like okay, he's a Zen monk, and then do they get nervous or something? I I don't know if they get nervous. Maybe they get a little more self conscious. I've had that experience. You they, know what? They I think they'll see your soul. It's kind of right? like when you're with a psychotherapist, you feel like they're yeah. analyzing you yeah. kind of thing. Well, when I met you and you told us that you were a Zen monk, I was like, oh, it's kind of like, it's like a sense of awe. And you're <laughs> like, oh my gosh. You got to watch your mouth. You don't want to like? say a dirty like, word or a swear yeah. word. Like you, you know? feel very inferior right away. Uh, that's it's just, you, it, you know. it, it does happen a little bit that I guess like it can be a little impactful, like maybe thinking, well, but. He is like a holy person. Is he a holy person? Is he like, like I'm, I'm, I'm a bad person because I'm not a monk and I don't meditate or I don't do spirituality. But like, yeah, it's not, I think that's more like the ego, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not like that. I'm just as human as anybody else. I have the same struggles as anybody else. It's just more like a profession, basically, mm. you know, and it's not more important than being a chef. Or having a podcast, you know, coaching people to have a podcast. Yeah. Or like Brad, you know, like he's a radio guy, you know, or like one of my teachers, it's a lawyer. It's like my, one of my, my brothers, he works in the real estate business, you know, like for a while I did felt like it was like better to be a spiritual quote, quote unquote guy. But like, it's really, it's just like anybody else. So you just kind of sort of like specialize in something which is like trying to figure out what's the internal life about and, you know, what's our emotions about, what does like spirituality mean, but it's not... You don't put yourself on a pedestal. It's not better. I mean, like I'm just anybody that's listening to this, it's not better. Like any, like, like even like a lot of times, even monks struggle more with a lot of things, you know, like they struggle with social anxiety. Like mm. I, I sometimes struggle with social anxiety because we're, they're more introspective. Right. Like there's struggle with different things too, you know? Yeah. Um, You're still people. I think yeah, we forget that sometimes, totally. you know, I think we're like, Oh, this is the certain group of people. I think they're the religion piece, you know, plane. and the religion piece. Like we grew yeah. up, I grew up as a Catholic, and it's so intense. How like you see the church, and it's like the church this, the church that, and you have to do this, and you have to do that. So it's like this big sort of ghost that it's like the church is way better than you. Everybody in the church more knows more than you, and. That's thing I think that's more like the traditional side and I grew up with that. But like me as a monk, it's more like trying to just be intimate with people, trying to be intimate with myself. If I can be helpful in any way, I try to be helpful, you know, like it's just trying to be human. 
Are you allowed to do Facebook? Do you do Facebook? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. I, well, I, it's, I, like, it's like I, you're Amish. No, the thing, you, like, no, I don't. Me, I mean, I'm going to say something. Like our lineage, particularly our Zen lineage, it's really, really like it got mixed with a counterculture movement in the 60s. It's like we're in, like, I, I know like everybody that listened that I'm a Zen monk, it's like I'm just so like I'm way more like, like I have Facebook, I drink. You know, I hang out, I go to bed late, I like watching movies. Sometimes, sometimes I watch too much Facebook and too much Instagram, you know, like, like I also get like, you experience you know, everything. I get the obsessed rest of us about like watching The Office and Netflix and I can stop watching it, you know, like it's. Can listeners connect with you on Facebook at all? Yeah. Okay. Cause I'm as, you know, again, as I'm wrapping this up, I want our listeners to get in touch yeah. with you, Rodrigo, especially they wanted, you know, for mindfulness coaching yeah. and yeah. get in touch with you, maybe some meditation tips. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hire you for the coaching. I, I will guess, love you know, that. You know, I, will I, I think a that. lot of people here in Salt Lake City, including myself, could probably really benefit from yeah. Some, oh, yeah. something like that. We can do it. For um, sure. Well, let's, how can people, what is the best way? I guess go to the website. They go to the website. It's RodrigoMartinezDiaz.com. And then in contacts, they find my phone number and my email. On the website? On the website. Okay. Or like we can also put the web, like my email is martinezdsrogmail.com. Okay. And my phone number is 385-252-8586. Your phone's going to blow oh, up snap. now. Oh, snap. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Anybody can call me and let's do it. Yeah, I also want to, I mean, I was telling you, it's. I don't know if this is weird to say, but I'm trying to get some extra money, you know. Sure. Like I have to, so my visa finishes this year. I'm from Mexico City and I have to pay to the lawyer, so I'm trying to. Also, like helping people, of course, you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Try I to mean, make it some sounds like bucks. you're you're a great coach for people to come find, and you know they can help you stay in the states, and you can help them <laughs> exactly. find their inner selves. Well, I mean, I think you're a good guy. I mean, I'd like to yeah. see you stick around here in Salt Lake City. I do. You know? Thank you. I mean, you're you're a big uh, you're, you're a big you're piece an asset. of it. Really, I want to be yeah. more. And they, and they like can also you. go to the Sand Center, you know. And in the Sand Center, like as I say, like they don't have to pay for anything. Like we we we're really. I'm I'm also really accessible with prices. You know, I'm not. I'm gonna like charge people like crazy amounts, you know, and also like negotiate with people like depending what they can pay, you know. I'm I I'm I have I do have that altruistic side too, you know. Like I just do it because I love love like serving basically. I know? love it. Like at the end of the day, it has to do with with that in some way. Like I don't know how I do. Also trust that the money thing kind of figures out on itself in some way. It does, you know. Honestly. Chrissy has a final question she likes to throw at our people that come on the show. So I'm going to let her throw the final question at you, Rodrigo. And of course, I expect something grandiose. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put put the pressure on (laughs) I'm just kidding. So if you could leave our listeners with one piece of life advice or a motto, what would you tell them? I would say one of the basic lines of the founder of this school that I am, it's called Doug and Zenji, and he says, enlightenment is intimacy with all things. Trying to find ways to be more intimate with yourself, try to find ways to be more intimate with the world, and try to find ways to be more intimate with others. That's very good advice and very uncomfortable advice all at the same time. Because like... (laughs) That means we have to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know? Exactly. That's, uh, that's great. But at the end of the day, when, like, I mean, this is going to be kind of harsh a little bit, but before dying, like when you're in your deathbed, like the main thing that I'm almost sure that anybody it's going to think about, it's like the people that you connected with and how do you connect it with the world and, and with others, you know? You're not going to regret if you do that. Your, your sort of guy is going to be uncomfortable. Well, you're not going to regret it. 
You're not going to regret it. I love it. Perfect. Many thanks again to Rodrigo Martinez for joining us on this episode of the podcast. You can find out more about Rodrigo and connect with him by visiting IamSaltLake.com forward slash 376. And while you're there on the website, peek through some of the back catalog because we have been chatting with a lot of awesome people right here in Salt Lake City. All right, support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. All right, it is that time of the podcast where we do what is called the mailbag section. I know this is not a, an original idea. This was an idea that popped in my head a few weeks ago, actually, where, you know, we're getting so much awesome things. We're getting them mailed to our P.O. box. We're getting them handed to us in public. And we want to acknowledge this because we we're very grateful uh, that you guys like us to uh, come to your events or give us your products. And we got tickets this week from our friend Steve German, who does the Salt Lake Cheese Festival, which you can find at slcheesefest.com. He's doing another one of these Saturday, June 8th, and it's actually at the Garden, the Mountain West Hard Cider, where we recorded. We, we were recording a lot of our podcasts there. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. So I'm, I'm excited for this Cheese Fest. It's not until June, but you should go pick up your tickets now because I would like to see you there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so much fun. SLCheesefest.com is uh, where you can go and find that out. Thank you so much, Steve, uh, for sending these tickets. If you would like to send us something that we could talk about on the podcast in our mailbag section, you can mail it to us at PO Box 4412, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84110. And we will talk about it on the podcast. And now it's time for our weekly recommendation section. Another fun section where Chrissy and I, we get to give some recommendations, things that's been going on during the week, or just some sort of recommendation, which I'm going to let Chrissy go first, since I've been yapping your <laughs> ear off here. Oh, man. Mine this week is called Exfolicate, Intensive Exfoliating Treatment. You can actually find it at Sephora, so it's not a local thing, but it is a fantastic face scrub. I am in love with it. Could a guy like me with a beard use a face scrub? Totally. Just use it in your not beard parts, like Which your is cheek, like, forehead, nose. <laughs> so you know? so it's, it's going to last twice as long for me because yeah. I have less face to... Uh, I've never Accurate. done that. I feel like I need to, as I get older, I feel like I need to start like taking care of some of these wrinkles and... And what do they call those things? Crow's, Crow's feet? feet? Over I love them eyes? though because it just means you smile. It makes you look happy. I thought they were worry lines, like from really? being worried all the time. No, like the crow's that. feet are from smiling. Is it? Yeah. Ah, well, now I'm now I'm going to like it. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, my weekly recommendation is another podcast. Surprise, surprise. So this last week, I was on a podcast called Ambitious, which it's spelled A-M-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S. It's kind of a little play on words because the host of the podcast is named Ammon, which he actually sponsored uh, a couple episodes, I believe, a while back of I Am Salt Lake. Really great guy, great photographer. And he had me on his podcast. And I love going on podcasts that we record in person. For some reason, I'm I, maybe I'm just used to it because of what we do here with I Am Salt Lake. But it was a really fun, open, real, raw conversation. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to it yet, Chrissy. Not yet, but I'm going to. And I, I know I've said this to you a ton, but I love 
his name ambitious for the podcast. It's so clever. It's actually a really good podcast. I've listened to probably about five or six episodes of the podcast and I'm enjoying every conversation. I'm really excited to see where it goes. So however you're listening to this, go check out that show and listen to the episode uh, with me on it. Absolutely. And that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to support our show sponsors, Five Wives Vodka, Podcasting is Easy, HostGator, and KRCL. We'll have links for them at our website under the show notes for this episode. You can always find it at IamSaltLake.com. Hey, and if you're interested in becoming a sponsor, or if you just want to say hello, we love hearing from our listeners, send us an email, hello at IamSaltLake.com. And you can always send us letters and packages to P.O. Box 4412, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84110. You all have a great week. Get out and enjoy Salt Lake City, support local, and we're going to see you on that next episode. And good night, Grammy. Thank you.